Okay, everybody, here we go. Uh, welcome to the very first episode of Hawk Droppings, uh, the official podcast of me, Hawk. Uh, I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who has uh, followed me over here from TikTok. Uh, welcome. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it immensely. Uh, and this is going to be a little bit of a work in progress as we learn uh, how to how to do these things. And and but we're just diving in and uh, recording some episodes, and we're going to see what happens. Um, when I say we, I mean me and my brother Falcon. Uh, I owe him an absolutely massive thank you and debt of gratitude for this. He has been working tirelessly behind the scenes. Uh, for several weeks now, and I would not be sitting here in front of you right now in front of this microphone with the setup that I now currently have uh, without him and his guidance and his help. And as always, I am incredibly grateful uh, to have him for a brother and a friend. And uh, yeah, you'll be here. Hopefully you'll be hearing more from him uh, in the future on future podcasts. Uh, we've already started talking about possibly doing uh, some podcasts together. and But we'll see how that develops. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves today. So the first episode, what are we going to be talking about? Something that I have gotten multiple, multiple, multiple requests uh, in the comments on uh, my various TikTok videos is to talk about Project 2025. And so we're going to talk about that today. Generally, uh, we're going to talk about some things uh, that kind of go along with that. And hopefully it's going to be educational for everybody. It's certainly been educational for me uh, going through a lot of these materials and learning what Project 2025 is, learning who wrote it and why they wrote it, what their goals are what their goals are that they put in writing and what the real goals are that you need to sort of read between the lines to get a handle on. First, what is project 2025? So I only, I, I, I read through a lot of it. Uh, I only printed a little bit of it. Um, it is, it's basically a 1000 page plan put out by an organization called the Heritage Foundation. And it's Mandate for Leadership, The Conservative Promise, Project 2025 Presidential Transition uh, Project. It's, it's, it's a project, it's a plan that's being put in place for an absolutely unprecedented power grab by the President of the United States, should that next president in 2025 be Donald Trump. So... Right away, we're off to a great start. Yeah, uh-huh. So think of it, before I get into specifics, think of it in this terms. You know, we have we have three branches in government. Uh, we have the legislative, which is co uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate. We have the judicial, which is the court system, uh, district courts, circuit courts, and the Supreme Court. And then we have the executive branch. And when we think about the federal government, um, everything that is not, Congress or the courts that is the federal government is the executive branch. The executive branch is absolutely massive. And the point of this plan is a power grab by hopefully not reelected President Trump, Trump 
uh, under what's called the unitary executive theory, which is a fancy way of saying that the president, as it relates at least to the executive branch, should have all of the powers uh, that a dictator would have over that branch of government. And it, I think it employs two or three million people uh, in the executive branch. And by way of example, it's the Department of Defense, it's the Department of Homeland Security, it's the State Department, it's the intelligence community. There's an agency for global media, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, PBS. Uh, there's an agency for international development, Department of Agriculture, Department of Education, Department of Energy, the Environmental Protection Agency, that's one they really hate, Department of Health and Human Services, Housing and Urban Development, Department of the Interior, Justice Department, we're going to talk a lot about that, Department of Labor, Department of Transportation, Department of Veterans Affairs, Department of Commerce, the Treasury, the Federal Reserve, the Small Business Administration, the Securities and Exchange Commission, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which they've wanted to do with since the day it was invented, uh, the Federal Election Commission, the Federal Trade Commission, the Internal Revenue Service. All of those things are within the executive branch underneath the president of the United States. He is the head of all of that. And initially, excuse me, and, and, and I've spoken about this a little bit uh, in a couple of my TikToks. Like one example is that you guys remember the, the guy from Trump's administration, his name was Stephen Miller. Uh, he was kind of balding and kind of creepy and weird looking like a, he looked like a weak version of Dracula kind of thing. Just creepy, weird looking. And he was the guy largely who came up with the idea of separating families from their children at the, the Southern border and putting kids in cages. Those, those are kind of his hallmark ideas. He's that kind of guy. So he is running an outside organization right now that's doing some legal stuff and filing lawsuits and things like that. Um, but he's also pretty heavily involved in this Project 2025 stuff from the standpoint that he's working with other people. And they, even though the election is a year away, they're currently screening tens of thousands of people to take jobs in the executive branch in these various agencies and departments and the white house. Um, and the main requirement is that you have, I don't know, the slightest ability to read and write. I, I would suggest that, you know, given from what I see in my comments from Trump supporters that they should have, do you know the difference between there, there and there and two, two and two and then and then, because, you know, most of them just really don't. Uh, so they might want to add that to their list of requirements. But they're scouring people's social media uh, to make sure that they are sufficiently pro-Trump. And that is the number, run, the number one requirement, that they be pro-Trump. And because if you think back to Donald Trump's term as president and, and the various completely insane things that he tried to do, especially towards the end with overturning the election, who are the people who stopped him? They were career people at Department of Justice. They were career people in the White House Counsel's Office, uh, people who had those jobs 
but got those jobs regardless of whether or not they were loyal to Donald Trump personally. And remember when Trump first came in and, you know, he met with James Comey for the, from the FBI, one of the first things that he said to him is, I need you to be loyal to me. And Comey didn't have the balls to say, I'm loyal to the Constitution, Mr. President. And he just hemmed and hawed uh, and didn't say no. If he had a pair, he would have said no. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, it. Why do they want to do this? They want to, it's, it's as close to authoritarianism or a dictatorship as you can get under the current form of government that we have now that still has a court system and still has a Congress that has a say and still has voting. Although I'm pretty much 100% convinced that if Donald Trump wins the 2024 election, that that's going to be the last election that we have for quite some time, at least 15 years. And that's one of the most terrifying things to me. Um, but uh, the the project seeks to recruit, recruit thousands of people to come to Washington, D.C. to replace existing employees to restructure the executive branch of the federal government as to further the agenda and policies of Donald Trump. So right now, those federal agency employees, um, I'm going to read some things from uh, Project 2025. They refer to them as bureaucrats. You know, it's like somebody who got a job at, at the Environmental Protection Agency 30 years ago and they still work there. That is a career person or somebody who's been, uh, a, a, you know, an assistant prosecutor at the Department of Justice for 25 years. That's a career prosecutor. They are people who are committed to the agency and committed to upholding and defending the Constitution as opposed to loyal to one person loyal to Donald Trump. Their loyalties to the agency and the Constitution come before their loyalty to any single individual. And Donald Trump and the Heritage Foundation and all of these people that are behind Project 2025 want to change that. And currently, for the last few decades, uh, those civil servants, those bureaucrats, those career people have had a level of protection from being fired. Uh, at the whim of whoever the current president is. Uh, the current, whoever comes in as president uh, for their first term, they can't just fire every single person in the executive branch uh, in all of these departments and agencies. Those employees, uh, it, it's not exactly like union protection, but it's pretty damn close. And one of the first things that, these project 2025 people want to do is have Trump basically just write an executive order and say, I'm doing away with that. I'm doing away with those protections so that they can fire 50,000 people. The last number that I heard as far as like positions that they're screening for is 54,000 positions within the executive branch across all of those agencies that list that I just read earlier. Imagine Every single agency of the federal government, every department being taken over by people who were hired solely based on their undying devotion and loyalty to Donald Trump. 
Yeah. What do you think our Department of Education is going to look like? You know, what do you think our community or our, our intelligence community is going to look like? Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine people being hired to work in our intelligence community or the Department of Defense or Department of Homeland Security who feel the same way about Vladimir Putin, President Xi, and Kim Jong-un that Donald Trump feels about them? He thinks they're star-spangled awesome. Now imagine our intelligence community, our Defense Department, and our Department of Homeland Security being populated with people who share those views. That would be subpar. That would be bad. Yes, we, I think we can agree on that, that that would be bad. Um, so how did, how did Project 2025 came about, come about? The first version of it came about 44 years ago in 1979. Uh, when Ronald Reagan was running for president. That's the first time that the Heritage Foundation did this. They took a runner at it back then. They didn't have nearly the expansive view of what they wanted to do back then that they do now. Um, they've obviously gone off the rails quite a bit with it uh, this time around. But again, it was it, it was established by the Heritage Foundation in 2022 to provide the 2024 Republican Party presidential nominee with a personal and ideological framework after civil servants refused to support Trump during his attempt to institute a Muslim ban, his effort to install a new attorney general to assist him in overturning the 2020 election, and when he called for the use of lethal force against George Floyd uh, Black Lives Matter protesters during the summer of 2020. This report argues for the expansion of presidential powers, installation of conservatives in offices throughout the executive branch via the unitary executive theory. It's a, it's an effing nightmare. I haven't yet decided uh, whether I'm going to swear. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't know. Let me know in the comments. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to be hosting this um, where, you know, there'll be a place for for you guys uh, to leave comments underneath uh, the video or the audio versions of these podcasts. At least I, I, I very much hope so. Um, and uh, so you guys can let me know what you think about that. So we talked about the personnel stuff. They, the, these folks obviously don't believe in climate change uh, or anything even remotely close to that. They love fossil fuels and coal. I mean, it's all the, it's all the hard right conservative stuff, you know, that we're all used to. And, and they're just coming up with a new way to package it. And it's just, it's just so weird, man. And, and so I covered that list and of the different agencies. So the, the project itself, it's got four pillars. Uh, pillar one is the thousand page plan that they wrote. Uh, you know, it gives everybody, it gives, it gets everybody on the same page. Here's what, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Pillar two. I also talked about that's the personnel database. 
uh, the 50 or 60,000 sufficiently MAGA, you know, gomers that are going to come work in the Department of Agriculture and whatnot. Pillar three is the Presidential Administration Academy, which is going to be a super cool online education system taught by experts from the Heritage Foundation's coalition so that they can train new generations of inbred mouth-breathing Gomer MAGA warriors. Uh, Pillar four, the playbook. They are currently drafting uh, agency teams and drafting transition plans uh, to, to, to launch, quote, upon the president's utterance of so help me God when he takes the oath of office. Cool. Uh, the scary thing about this plan, the list of the list of contributors, there are 400 authors to this thing. And the, let me, let me find this one thing. And like there there was one example that I wanted. Okay. So who wrote the section on what we're going to do to the department of defense? Well, that's Christopher Miller, who was Trump's acting uh, secretary of defense uh, up until when he left office. Who's going to, who wrote the section on the department of Homeland security? Well, that would be, that would be Ken Cuccinelli, who is a whack job. Uh, There were a couple other names in here that I recognized. Let me find them. Who wrote the section on what project 2025 is going to do to the Department of Housing and Urban Development. That's right. Dr. Benjamin Carson. We remember him. He ran for president and thinks that the great pyramids in Egypt were built to store grain. Uh Uh-huh. There was one other guy that I wanted to talk about here. Where is he at? There he is. The Federal Election Committee uh, Commission. And this guy, this guy, his name... His name just makes him sound like a Bond villain. Hans von Spakovsky. He hates voting more than any other person I've ever read about in my entire life. He is literally one of these people who thinks that voting should be limited to white men who own property. I mean, he's not far off from that at all. He is an authoritarian whack job who doesn't think that anybody who doesn't look exactly like me should be able to vote in the United States of America. It's scary. It's just scary stuff, man. It's scary stuff. And so we get into the plan a little bit and they start talking about the first time they tried to do something like this with Reagan. And you you know, it's, it's this whole like, like Uber flag waving version of patriotism uh, for straight white Christian people, uh, mainly straight white Christian men, um, you know, but it's just painted in terms of we have to do this to save freedom in the United States. We have to have a president who's basically a dictator to save freedom in the United States. And they put some quotes in here from Reagan and blah, 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 blah. So the project itself has four pillars that we talked about. Uh, This pillar one, this plan, weirdly enough, has four sections. They don't call them pillars. 
but we're going to go through these for a couple of minutes because I, I, and again, it's like they, they, they word it in ways where you think, oh, this doesn't sound so bad. And then you start reading the details. And once you get to the pages where the details start, the word woke appears on every single page. Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so then you're like, oh, credibility crash. Uh, the four sections, restore the family as the centerpiece of American life and protect our children. Unless you're, you know, Moms for Liberty in Philadelphia and you decide to hire hire a guy to run your organization who's a pastor and he turns out that he's a convicted sex offender, has a thing for teenage boys and is going to spend the rest of his life on the sex offender registry, which is a true story that was just reported today. Uh, I'm recording this on November 20th. Part two, dismantle the administrative state and return self-governance to the American people. So replacing all of these people in the executive branch, the administrative state is not about returning freedom to the American people. It's about destroying the federal government because these people don't like regulations. Three, defend our nation's sovereignty, borders, and bounty against global threats. So in that, they managed to tie in the southern border and fear of globalists. Uh, four, this is my absolute favorite. Secure our God-given individual rights to live freely, what our Constitution calls, quote, the blessings of liberty, unquote. Blessings of liberty. So promise one. Okay, four promises. Restore the family as the centerpiece of American life and protect our children. And, and we're going to do this. We're going to do this when we reelect a guy who's been married three times. He's got five kids by three different women, and he's cheated on every single woman he's ever been married to. That seems like we're off to a great start. As you read through this first section, the Heritage Foundation's absolute hatred of unwed mothers becomes, it shines through like a beacon in the dark. They do not like unwed mothers, as though unwed mothers get into those kinds of situations without the assistance of anybody else. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um. Today, the left is threatening the tax-exempt status of churches and charities that reject woke progressivism. They will soon turn Christian schools and clubs with the same totalitarian intent. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, now, I'm still on the first page of Promise One about the family. The next conservative president must make institutions of American civil society hard targets for woke culture warriors. This starts with deleting the terms sexual orientation and gender identity, diversity, equity, and inclusion, gender, gender equality, gender equity, gender awareness, gender sensitivity, abortion, reproductive health, reproductive rights, and any other term used to deprive Americans of their First Amendment rights out of every federal rule, agency, regulation, contract, grant, regulation, and piece of legislation that exists. I don't know how uh, including the word abortion, reproductive health, or gender in government regulations deprives everyday Americans of their First Amendment rights. Um, wait, no, on second thought, I do. Because when, when, and I've said this many times on my TikTok page, when conservatives talk about religious freedom, and this is about religious freedom, they leave off the most important two words, 
what are those most important two words? Religious freedom to discriminate. That's what they're talking about here when they reference the First Amendment rights of good, God-fearing Americans who don't want to hear about your gender, your abortion, or your reproductive health. They're talking about religious freedom to discriminate against anybody they want to. Reading on, this part's really good. Pornography manifested today in the omnipresent propagation of transgender ideology and sexualization of children, for instance, is not a political Gordian knot inextricably binding up disparate claims about free speech, property rights, sexual liberation, and child welfare. Good Jesus, criminy. That's just one hell of it. That was all one sentence. That's quite, there's a lot packed into that sentence. It has no claim to First Amendment protection, pornography that is. Its purveyors are child predators and misogynistic exploiters of women. Well, interestingly, the state of Utah, the number one uh, Utah, uh, which, you know, has all these good God-fearing Mormon folks, uh, is the the number one state in the nation when it comes to online searches for trans porn. But, you know, whatever. Okay, promise number two, dismantle the administrative state and return self-governance to the American people. Oh, boy. Uh, that part I didn't want to read because it was dumb. Okay. So they talk about in this section, they talk about the legislative branch being incredibly lazy and not wanting to actually pass legislation that is effective and meaningful. And so they pass very vague legislation and just leave it up to these government agencies to make the rest of the decisions. And so, and, and so this is something that the Supreme court has dealt with. Um, there is a thing in Supreme Court jurisprudence called the Chevron uh, doctrine or Chevron deference. And what that means is that if, if the Supreme Court is being asked to look at or overturn some regulations at, say, the EPA, um, it has been precedent up until now, I think since the 60s, if I'm not mistaken, from a case involving Chevron, Um, that if the agency has at least gone through some type of process in developing, uh, approving and implementing regulations, uh, which aren't specifically included in or enumerated in legislation that came from Congress, then the court will defer to that agency. And, um, the biggest enemy on the court right now to that is Scott Gorsuch or excuse me, Neil Gorsuch. (laughs) I always do that. Scott Gorsuch was a guitar teacher I had when I was a little kid. (laughs) Unbelievably good guitar player, singer, songwriter, and musician and composer. Um, But that's Scott Gorsuch. I'm talking about Neil Gorsuch on the United States Supreme Court. (laughs) During Ronald Reagan's administration, Scott Gorsuch's mommy was the head of the EPA. And she had this similar kind of dismantle everything and do away with regulations mindset that, you know, Steve Bannon and these Heritage Foundation people have. And she tried to do a whole bunch of real shifty stuff at the EPA uh, to the point where she ended up doing a bunch of stuff that was allegedly illegal. And by the end of her uh, term, 
she was essentially given a choice by the Department of Justice to resign or you're going to be prosecuted. And so she left in humiliation. And uh, so Scott Gorsuch, I did it again. Neil Gorsuch absolutely hates the Environmental Protection Agency and the DOJ to some extent because of what they did to his mommy. So Neil Gorsuch does not like the Chevron deference rule. Um, most of the other conservatives do not like the Chevron deference rule. And so that's about to go away, regardless of whether or not Project 2025 gets implemented or not. That's just a little bit of background for you. Um, I know that because I'm a nerd and rarely leave my house. Um, number one on their list is the EPA. Number two is Homeland Security, the Department of Education. Uh, let me read some of these things that they want to do here. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, because they also they also just take for granted that all every single one of these fifty four thousand civil servants that they want to replace is just an absolute bleeding heart liberal socialist like AOC or Bernie Sanders. Um, bureaucrats at the Department of Homeland Security, following the lead of a feckless administration, order border. That's bad wording. Order border and immigration enforcement agencies to help immigrants criminally enter our country with impunity. Bureaucrats at the Department of Education inject racist, anti-American, ahistorical propaganda into America's classrooms. The Department of Justice force, forces school districts to undermine girls' sports and parents' rights to satisfy transgender extremists. Woke bureaucrats at the Pentagon. Woke bureaucrats at the Pentagon? Huh? Woke bureaucrats at the Pentagon force troops to attend training seminars about white privilege. And I think they, I think they make them read poetry on battleships and stuff too. Um, bureaucrats at the State Department infuse U.S. foreign aid programs with woke extremism about intersectionality and abortion. Oh my. Uh, a conservative president must move swiftly to do away with these vast abuses of presidential power and remove the career bureaucrats who fuel it, yada, yada, yada. And so they talk about, they talk a lot in here about the left and the right and how the left and the right view government. And they make the they make the left sound like, you know, we think that the government is the same thing as like a huge down quilt. And, you know, we're up at a cabin in the mountains and there's snow on the ground and we snuggle up in our big giant down quilt of government and we feel safe and secure and all snuggled up and taken care of. That's the key taken care of. Um Whereas like, you know, the right views government as it should be this big, it should be tiny and non-intrusive and rugged self-reliance and rugged individualism and, you know, meal team six and homosexuals and the gravy seals and blah, 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 blah. And so the, like the starting point for, you know, like the basic assumptions and the facts that, that they bring into this thing is just ridiculous, man. Um, and and it's and and then there's a huge discussion about elites and and like snobby snotty liberals uh, who you know 
contemptuously look at people from flyover country in between the coasts. And many elites' entire identity, it seems, is wrapped up in their sense of superiority over those people. But under our Constitution, they are simply equals to the workers who shower after work instead of before. That's their white collar versus blue collar distinction. And every one of the fuckers who wrote this thing, oh, I swore, every one of the people who wrote this thing is white collar. They don't have blue collar jobs. You know, it's like if you shower after work, then you're blue collar. If you shower before you go to work, then you're white collar and you're an elite. You're a snob. Or, you know, I I wonder what, what category they would put me in where it's like, you know, I take showers on Saturdays, whether I need it or not. Okay, well, whatever. We can come back to that in a different episode. Um, and they just launch into this whole thing about uh, elite support for globalism and open borders and the left's love affair with environmental extremism and radical transgender ideology. Blah, 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 blah. Which brings us to promise number four. Secure our God-given individual right to enjoy the blessings of liberty. Uh, I don't know who this liberty woman is, but I'd like to meet her. Um, And this is just a hodgepodge of, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness from the Declaration of Independence. And that is, individuals must be free to live as their creator ordained to flourish. We must flourish as our creator intended and ordained. Yes. Um, Many find happiness through their work. Many find profound happiness primarily in family. And I love this line, marriage, children, Thanksgiving dinners, and the like. (laughs) Top shelf writing there, guys. Religious devotion and spirituality are the greatest sources of happiness, right? Yes. Just ask that pastor in Philadelphia who's a registered sex offender running that local Moms for Liberty thing who has a thing for teenage boys and is going to be on the sex offender registry for the rest of his life. Oh, then we get into what happens if the left is left to their own devices. Why do we have no other choice but then to completely take over the federal government? Well... Uh, Because left to their own devices, we're going to end up with uh, globalism, fascism, communism, wokeism. To the left, these assertions of patriotic self-assurance are just so many signs of our moral depravity and intellectual inferiority. Proof that, in fact, we need a ruling elite to make decisions for us. This is the argument that's like the left... You know, they they build up these institutions so much and they put all their faith and trust in these institutions, blah, 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 um, because they think the American people are stupid. Why, why would anybody ever think that? Okay, that's enough of that. Um, now, Donald Trump does not care at all, I mean at all, about the Department of Education, the Department of the Interior, uh, the Department of Agriculture, 
he cares a little bit about the Defense Department and Homeland Security. He does not give a damn about the intelligence community because they're always listening in on his phone calls with Putin. <laughs> and little Donnie Two Scoops doesn't like that. Uh, and But what department does he care the most about? The Department of Justice. Yes. Uh, and, and DOD is a very close second uh, for the following reasons. Donald Trump has been extremely open over the last several weeks of campaigning uh, about he's going to put in place uh, a, an attorney general and have a Department of Justice that is run on vengeance. Um, vengeance against who, you might ask. Uh, vengeance against anyone who has ever been mean to him in any way, shape, or form. And there's one thing I'm trying to find. I should have found it before I got on. He's got, uh, there's a guy, I think his name is Mike Davis. Uh, I can't remember where I saw this. I think the guy's name is Mike Davis. It's Mike something. Um, and it's the, it, he, he's, he's a guy that, you know, everybody in Trump world is like, this is the guy you need to have as your, as your attorney general, when you take office again, I mean, he has pledged to prosecute and lock up the entirety of the Biden family. I, every single member of it, I guess, uh, I assume they're going to go after Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton and the Obamas. Um, but this guy and please check me if I'm wrong. Uh, he, Mehdi Hassan, the MSNBC host, he's got a show on Sunday evenings, uh, did a monologue about this guy uh, either last night or a week ago. I'm filming this on a Monday. And Mehdi did a deep dive into this guy and was like, he's insane and he's authoritarian. And he has already started threatening to put reporters into what he refers to as the Washington DC gulag and other people into the Washington DC gulag. I mean, Donald Trump wants to take the department of justice and use it for extremely partisan and purely authoritarian tasks. And he wants it to be an extension of him as the president where it's like he calls up the, his attorney general, this guy, Mike Davis, whatever his name is, and says, hey, man, I need you to prosecute X, Y, and Z. I need you to go after these people, uh, you know, throw together an indictment or something and uh, just go arrest them and put them in a jail cell uh, by this time tomorrow. And then his attorney general will be like, okie doke, boss, I'm on it. And then he just goes around and starts arresting people on the president's orders. And, you know, that's Putin territory. That's Kim Jong-un territory. That's President Xi territory. That is former, uh, former Filipino President Duterte territory. I mean, it's third world banana republic dictator authoritarian bullshit, man. But Donald Trump thinks that that's what the role of the Department of Justice in the executive branch should be. And that's what he's going to do to the Department of Justice if he takes over again, if he's reelected again, he's going to put a guy like that in as attorney general. He's going to put a guy like that in as director of the FBI. He's going to put a guy like that in in DHS as as director of the CIA. He's going to have national intelligence directors like that. And 
It's all going to be about vengeance, punishment, retribution. He's not going to spend four years governing. He's going to spend four years going after Michael Cohen, General Milley, Jack Smith, Judge Chutkin, Alvin Bragg in New York, Judge Engeron in New York, uh, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. He's going to go after everybody who did or said something mean to him over the last seven years. That is what his second term is going to be. He's going to, he'll hire all of these project 2025 people and let them go do their thing just so they leave him alone. Uh, and they'll go off and start reforming all of this stuff in the federal government and firing all of these people and replacing them with Hans van Spakovsky and the like, and, you know, just gut and destroy the ability of any federal agency to accomplish anything worthwhile for any actual Americans, because he's going to spend his entire four years focused on the department of justice and focused on his attorney general and focused on his FBI director and focused on, uh, investigating, indicting, arresting, prosecuting his perceived political enemies, including journalists, uh, including, Probably Maggie Haberman, who wrote a book about him. Probably Jonathan Carl, whose book just came out. Uh, and, you know, and, and Mehdi Hassan and probably half the people on MSNBC. Uh, that is what he's going to do. And it's going to be an absolute nightmare. It's just going to be an absolute nightmare if he gets elected, if he gets reelected. And the fun part... <coughs> When I said something earlier <clears throat> uh, about huge numbers of Americans being dumb, uh, I was only half kidding uh, because, you know, we know for a fact that there are 74 million Americans in this country, at least, uh, except for the ones who've died since the last election, who are dumb, gullible, loud, mean, and easily manipulated. Uh, that's how many votes Trump got last time. And you have to have all five of those characteristics in order to be a Donald Trump voter, uh, doubly so in 2024. And, you know, so I'll leave it at that. This project 2025, it scares the hell out of me. A second Donald Trump term scares the hell out of me. Um, the fact that I don't even know what the number is now, 70, 80 million Americans want to vote for Donald Trump again, want to elect him again, want to put this lunatic back in the Oval Office and give him the Department of Justice and give him the nuclear codes again and just turn him loose. I mean, he's going to be like an angry four-year-old on meth. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't even be close, but thank God on the left and the Democrats are renominating 81 year old Joe Biden. So quite the little reality we're waking up to every day these days, kids. Um, okay. So that brings the very first episode of Hawk droppings to a conclusion. Um, we're working on several different free, uh, features for the different episodes that we're going to be doing. Um, I'm trying to figure out like a viewer mail thing. We're going to have an email account set up where you guys can, 
send emails to the podcast with questions, uh, suggestions, uh, hate. You know, you can send us whatever you want once we get that up and running. I'm sure that I'm sure that I'm sure that email account's going to be fantastic. <laughs> oh man, oh man, I'm sure that's going to be fantastic. I want to thank my dogs Lola and Tanner for staying quiet during the whole thing. Uh, I I gave them uh, chewy treats before I right before I hit record so that they would be quiet, and they have been quiet, and now they're both full and asleep. I appreciate that, guys. I do. I I, I appreciate that very very much, and I love you. Um, and again, just an absolutely gobsmackingly massive, massive, massive thank you to my brother Falcon. Uh, he truly has made every bit of this possible. There's absolutely no way I would be sitting here. You know, it's 6 p.m. on a Monday night recording a podcast uh, without his just incredible help. And I think most importantly, patience. <laughs> uh, I don't learn these things easily. I'm not very bright when it comes to technology. And that kid has been unendingly patient with me and helping me learn to do this stuff by myself. Um and so always a huge thank you to him. And again, thank you to everybody uh, who is listening and watching and a massive thank you to everyone who has subscribed to my Patreon page. Uh, until next time, take care and have a good week.